everyone. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. This is the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. On this show, we'll be talking about creativity topics and how they apply to the field of education. We'll be speaking with scholars, educators, and resident experts about their work, challenges they face, and digging deeper into new and varying perspectives of creativity. All with the goal to help fuel a more rich and informed discussion that provides teachers and parents with knowledge they can use at home or in the classroom. So let's begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. And this is our debrief episode for season five. Five. I almost forgot what season we were on, Cindy. I know. It's, it's hard to even for, remember what year it is. This morning I wrote it was 2010. <laughs> Oh, wow. So you're really off on that one. I am really off. So Matt, in these episodes, we always talk about um, what are our three key takeaways from the last five episodes. And to recap, our last five episodes were Lola Schnapp, who was a Chilean education specialist, Patricia Alves Aliavera, who was a robotics and creativity researcher. We had Alfredo and Alfredo was from Hong Kong, and he is also a researcher. We had Michael Mino, who has done a lot of work in the makerspace movement. And we had Pete Grimonombres, who was a Belgian author and co-founder of The My Machine. So, Matt, what were your three key takeaways? Well, the first one is in our episode with Alfredo, we was talking about this concept of a shadow education system. So as a reminder, um, Alfredo is an early years educator, and uh, he was talking about how young children in Hong Kong attend what would be the equivalent of, of a preschool system. But then there is also a shadow education system that kind of works alongside that. And of course, that shadow education system is, in essence, the extracurricular activities to which the parents are engaging their students in outside this formal learning experience. And so this this idea of a shadow education system has got me kind of reflecting on some of my own projects. So I am the director and, and, and founder of something called Digital Media Connecticut, and I'm always looking at how we can kind of support the digital media education that is happening within higher education, Connecticut institutions who are running film, television, and digital media programs. And so I've recently been thinking a lot about the concept of micro-credentials, but we've also done speaker engagements, and, and we also have a podcast as well. And so I've never kind of really seen it as a resource to support a kind of shadow education system. And I think Thinking about the idea of a shadow education system or a shadow curriculum alongside a formal curriculum is something that I think we should probably give more time and dedication to both as parents and as probably, you know, anyone, any stakeholder in the education system as a whole. I love it. And I love that idea of a shadow education system, not something I'd ever heard of before and something I've been referencing a lot since he shared that with us. My first key takeaway was with Pete Grimon-Prez, who was the author and co-creator of My Machine. And I love this idea of allowing children to come up with dream machines. And I loved the fact that this is an international initiative that anyone, any teacher and could get their students involved with. 
And I think the work that he's doing is really exciting. So that's something I've been thinking about. I've also been talking to a lot of people about what is what is your dream machine? And I think it's a fun sort of warm up to have with students at uh, cocktail parties and just as a way of introducing creative thinking to others. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I loved that episode. And I think, you know, it, it really, it felt like we were talking about the beginning of a movement with the additional chapters that are beginning to form around the world. And so that's exciting in itself. And I think one of the things that I liked what Pete said is that often within project-based learning, we, we, we try and offer a framework and some structure, perhaps centering around a theme. Whereas what Pete was saying is that there is no theme. There is kind of like no structure about it. There, there is complete freedom for you to come up with whatever it is that, that, that comes into your imagination when you're kind of given the prompt. So that was something that I valued as well. So what was your second key takeaway, Matt? Well, my uh, second key takeaway was with Michael Mino, and he was talking about success and, and, and the relationship between success and, and creativity. And I think there are kind of like various different types of culminating experiences to which we offer students kind of at the end of the semester or at the end of a project to celebrate their success. And, and you know, I think we can't emphasize that enough. Students have worked really hard, and as we're trying to think about how we can kind of help make connections outside the four walls of the classroom, how we can kind of elevate projects beyond simply the allocation of the grade as a response. And I think with that celebration of success, the learning experience has more meaning for the students. And so when Michael Mina was talking about celebrating for success, something that I did for the first time this semester that I kind of had stalled because of the pandemic was having my first year students in the uh, Yukon Digital Media and Design program present the ideas to the community. And so I invited members of the community that, that are potentially impacted by this idea to come and serve as, as an audience set up a conference room, created that kind of professional environment. But I think it also was an environment to which students could have their ideas celebrated. And as they left the room, I could see that they had a sense of success that I don't think they would have had had I just had them deliver a final presentation at the end of the semester, which I have done sometimes because planning these events at the end of the semester, you know, can be very time consuming and difficult as you're trying to coordinate so many t different people's schedules. But what I'm reflecting on now is the importance to actually prioritize that. Yes, it's hard, but however small it might be, whether it's bringing parents in or bringing the principal in to an elementary classroom to just have an opportunity, particularly where there's been a project where students have worked really hard to celebrate the success by letting that, that idea or, or outcome live and breathe outside the classroom environment. I couldn't agree more, Matt. And what's really interesting about that success piece, I actually took away something different. What I took away from that success piece is when you show that kid, when you show children that they are successful in one area, that will set them up to feel that they can be successful in other areas. And so that's what I took away from that Michael Mino conversation. But I love what you took away in terms of really bringing it out and showcasing it to the greater community. Great. And, and I appreciate that other perspective as well, Cindy, which I also agree with. So what was your um, second takeaway? My second takeaway comes from the episode with Lola Schnapp, which was around creativity being the engine for change. And I, I just don't think we talk enough about change and how to prepare kids for ambiguous, complex, 
ever-changing environments. And I think that creativity is an amazing conduit to help teach them about change. So for example, if we teach kids about being open or coming up with new ideas or being good problem solvers, then when the change is happening, like we have just seen with the pandemic, they are better able to manage it and um, they're better able to problem solve how to move forward because we are living in, you know, crazy change and, you know, things are evolving and we can't necessarily predict what's going to happen. So really using creativity as a conduit to helping students manage change. I, I love you bringing that up. And actually in our interview with Michael Mino as well, he was talking about some of the recent publications that have identified skills of the future. And one of them I noted was learning how to learn, but actually, he, you know, it's being phrased as learning also how to, to relearn. And I think that when we are, when we have a disruption or we're kind of presented with a change um, in our environment, we sometimes have to kind of unlearn what we've learned for that environment and relearn something new in order to kind of accommodate and address the change in circumstances or the disruption that has, has just taken place. And I think it is critical that that children are able to kind of develop that skill set because as you point, we know in current times we're experiencing significant change. And if everyone is to be believed, we will continue to see even more change as we go into the future. Love it. So what was your third one, Matt? My third one was with Patricia, which, um, you know, just because of the content, I think it's probably going to go down with as one of my most favorite, favored conversations on the Fueling Creativity and Education podcast to date. Um, you know, as a reminder, uh, Patricia was talking specifically about robotics and, and AI, which is her field and, and how we can utilize uh, robots um, to kind of like uh, – promote and, and serve as a tool to uh, facilitate creativity in, in children, particularly young children. But in her conversation and her expressing her knowledge of uh, robotics and AI, she made a reference to something that had me kind of thinking. And and I did reference it in the episode, but we, we didn't necessarily have an opportunity to expand too much beyond um, the reference that I'd made. But this idea with machine learning, when we're talking about cobots, in, in our previous episode, this idea of, of in the future where one of the skills of the future creative is learning how to collaborate with, with AI and, and machines and perhaps um, robots is we'd always been thinking about identifying what the, the human can do and perhaps what the AI can do better. And we're always, I think, always looking at it from the, the, the human perspective as we would expect to, right? You know, what is the human bringing to the table? How is the human adapting to the AI? And as Patricia shared her knowledge of AI and machine learning, there was something that she said that suddenly got me thinking that actually within machine learning, right, the machines and the AI that we're working with as part of this collaboration will be learning from us as well. And so it kind of like kind of blew my mind. What are we giving to the AI? What are we exposing them to that is actually making them learn more about us so that together we can be better at collaborating? And so it's not just a case of the AI supporting us. I actually started to think about how we're supporting the AI to better itself as well. And you know, that concept is, is kind of really blown my mind and I'm still reflecting on it, but I, I actually think it is just as important as anything else we've discussed when it comes to this concept of cobots and collaborating with AI in the future. 
And I think we're already seeing that, Matt. I mean, if you think about when you're scrolling social media and the things that you're interested pops up, it's because it's learning from you what your needs and wants are. So if we think about those robots in our houses and they understand our needs and wants, they're going to understand that, you know, in the morning at six o'clock, I want my first cup of coffee. So it's going to start my first cup of coffee, you know, and all of a sudden it starts to create the day that you want based on what you've previously done and the feedback that you've given to it. So I think, you know, you're spot on in thinking about both ways in which we learn from robots and robots learn from us. So mine was also from Patricia's and I have to say it was also my favorite episode to date. I thought, you know, and of course, Matt, you and I, we both love, you know, futuristic robotics um, technology. So we that's, I think both of us have a passion for for that. And I think for me, I left thinking about how could robots really support educators in the classroom? Because as we know, especially after the pandemic, teachers are feeling exhausted, they're feeling overwhelmed. So what are the things that only teachers can do? And what are the things that we might be able to build a robot to help assist them? So that's the thing I've been thinking about. And I love that because it's actually something that we probably should start thinking about right now. Like what what are the problems that exist in the classroom that we actually can look toward AI and perhaps robotics as being a tool to help address that? And I think things around learning analytics has had a lot of attention from an AI perspective. But what Patricia brought and, and what you're highlighting is there's probably a lot of other things. Um, you know, the idea of a physical robot in the classroom going around and kind of like offering prompts, offering feedback, being able to, to serve as, as a collaboration partner in the classroom environment is something that at least I haven't thought as much about. So that wraps up this episode of the Feeling Creativity and Education podcast debrief. Now, we'd love to share with you what we're planning for our next season. Now, our next season coincides with the new year. So we're actually going to put together a kind of short bonus episode centered around wrapping up 2022 and then looking toward 2023. We're also going to offer some throwbacks during the kind of festive transition. And then, of course, we'll be doing our promo episode for season six. So we're wishing everyone a very happy and festive holiday season and, of course, a happy new year. My name is Dr. Matthew Werwood. And my name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. This episode was sponsored by Creativity and Education and dadsforcreativity.com. 